planning has to involve looking carefully at your retirement accounts, looking at the SECURE Act, looking at your priorities, which is something we discovered during the process. And based on all of that, we would figure out should your trust be the primary beneficiary? Should your spouse be? Uh, should one of your children's trusts be the primary beneficiary? You know, that kind of analysis has to be a part of the estate planning process. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement planning. It's time for another edition of the Retire Happy Podcast with San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor, John Amarino. I'm Walter Storholt. Glad you're with us today. We have a special episode. In fact, another guest is joining the program today. So alongside fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial, John Amarino, serving you throughout the San Diego area. Today, we're going to be joined by Daniel Weiner, who is an estate planning and uh, elder care planning attorney in the San Diego area. Dan is both licensed in the United States and where he is originally from in the UK. And he provides trust and estate planning services to families and individuals all across the entire state of California, particularly focusing on helping families enhance their lives today and secure the futures of tomorrow. He and John are going to dive into some of the essentials as it uh, relates to estate planning and in particular going to talk about a recent change in the law that is going to greatly impact families in California. So it's a timely discussion as well as a timeless discussion in many ways. So looking forward to the conversation. John, with that, I'll turn it over to you. Looking forward to your conversation with Dan Weiner. Yeah, Walter. So we have been looking for quite some time to have a knowledgeable estate planning attorney that's local here in San Diego. You know, for, for many years we've used our attorneys in Chicago, but you know, our clients, they like that uh, they like that personal interaction. And I've gone through a long, painstaking process. And late last year, I, I found this estate planning attorney uh, on the internet, really, and started following some of his blogs and videos. And I was really impressed. So I reached out to him and we had a couple different meetings, really kind of vetting each other and our our processes and our knowledge. And um, you know, I'm really excited to introduce Mr. Dan Weiner as a, a partner and as a value add to our clients going forward. And um, he, he not only does very detailed advanced estate planning for his clients, but he also does elder care planning in the event uh, of a long-term care event that's devastating clients' assets. So to be very truthful, the detail and level of his planning, I have I have not seen from very many uh, attorneys. He's, he's very few and far between. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce everyone to our special guest, the star of the show, Mr. Dan Weiner. How are you doing, Dan? I'm good. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for, for that introduction. And it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. So, Dan, you're from Texas, right? I you am. got a Texas accent. I am. I thought, have I not lost the accent? No, no. Yeah. You got that twang. Perfect. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, as, as you can probably tell, I'm not from Texas, but I am from the UK originally. 
and uh, my background is in big international law firms where I worked for 10 years in London, in Hong Kong, as well as uh, here in the States. Uh, and then when I married an American, I was dragged stateside. So uh, we moved over here a few years ago and I took that opportunity to set up my own law firm, uh, focusing exclusively on estate planning and elder law planning, as John was saying. So tell us a little bit about your law firm, name of it, where you're located. Sure. So the law firm has a creative name. It is the law office of Daniel R. Weiner. Uh, and we are located uh, here in North County, San Diego, uh, offices in UTC. But uh, since COVID started, we've been meeting with clients mostly uh, online via Zoom. So we're really serving clients across the, the entire state at this point. Awesome. Awesome. So the reason why we have Dan on today's show is twofold. Number one, to really introduce him as a value-add partner to our clients and to anyone who looks to us for help. But more importantly, the tax grab that California has going on with Prop 19. And uh, Dan is going to talk about our expert on that. So first, I just want to briefly, Dan, ask you, why is estate planning important? That is, that's a great question. I mean, yeah, what is estate planning all about? Why should people think about it? And, you know, ultimately it is to do with the big, big questions that all of us face in our lives. It is about who's going to take care of your kids if something happens to you. It's about who's going to manage your finances. Who's going to make sure that your bills continue to get paid if something happens Who's going to make your healthcare decisions for you if you can't make them yourself? And what kind of decisions would you want made? And ultimately, how do you want to leave an inheritance behind to your children? How much in tax do you want them to pay? Do you want to minimise those taxes? Do you want to make sure that you leave assets to children in a way that's protected from events in the future that are not foreseeable right now? If your children have creditor issues or go through a bankruptcy or get sued or go through a divorce? Do you want to leave assets in a, in a way that's protected from all of those unforeseen events? So that's really what this is all about. Right, right. So you just can't do that on legal Zoom, like Robert Shapiro said. <laughs> you, you really can't. And, and that's because estate planning is not about documents. This is not about documents. This is about planning and priorities and outcomes um, and assets. You know, there's a full review of your assets is needed to achieve any of those objectives that I mentioned before. Uh, and that's just not something that can be done using online software. Right. Now, one thing that the audience and Walter, we've talked about this in several shows in the past, and definitely my clients can attest to is I hate cookie cutter planning. <laughs> Everybody's different. And that's one thing that I was really impressed with you is you have a very client relationship focused practice. You're just not, here's your cookie cutter plan, be gone, Godspeed with you. And that's one thing I really appreciated about you. We often see the cookie cutter estate planning plans out there. Tell us 
what are the things that we really want to look out for in the estate planning process to, to make sure it's customized to you and your family's best needs? So, so there are you know, lots of options that people have when they're doing their planning, you know, none of which will be apparent if you look online using LegalZoom. And that's why, um, and just going back to what John was saying, we are a relationship-based law firm and we do that not just to be nice. It is a, it's a nice way to operate, but really it's the only way to operate to make sure that your plan works because over time your life is going to change, the law is going to change, um, and this is an ongoing process. It's not a one-and-done transactional situation. And the way that we do our planning is we start with a deep dive uh, using about 90 minutes of your time to, to really walk you through in detail what your options are in terms of protecting assets in the future and what you want for your children uh, and making sure that the plan you end up with is exactly the one that you want. Awesome. Awesome. And in, in our practice, we call it, you know, the fifth pillar of, of planning is, is estate planning. And, and it's a very, very important part of the retirement plan for our clients. And, you know, Dan, one thing I always, when I, when I teach my classes or, or when people come into my office and we start doing beneficiary document reviews and I explain to them how important this document is and that you, you want to have not only primary, but contingent beneficiaries, but more importantly, you need to have be 100% absolutely sure that this document is current and accurate because as I've learned in the past through case laws and whatnot, your trust can actually say one thing, but if your beneficiary document says another, like, you know, for an example, uh, your trust says we want to give everything to my current wife, but the ex-wife was on this one, you know, 401k plan document as a beneficiary, you're going to disinherit your current wife and you're going to give all the money to that beloved ex-wife, correct? Exactly, yes. Beneficiary designations trump everything else. And, you know, this is the classic case of DIY estate planning going wrong or estate planning that's done in a way that doesn't involve a relationship that's ongoing with your attorney. And we see this all the time. It's the, the second marriage. And uh, like John said, the trust leaves everything to, to the new wife. Um, but the person didn't really have anything except $2 million in an IRA. And the IRA never got updated. So uh, it's the ex-wife who gets that windfall. So we see that we see that all the time. And more than that, it's we have to look at, you know, who should be designated as primary or contingent beneficiary. And in the new world, we had the, the Secure Act that came into force you know, this time last year. It was a surprise to everyone, but it had a huge effect on retirement accounts. So planning has to involve looking carefully at your retirement accounts, looking at the Secure Act, looking at your priorities, which is something we discovered during the process. And based on all of that, we would figure out, should your trust be the primary beneficiary? Should your spouse be? Uh, should one of your children's trusts be the primary beneficiary? You know, that kind of analysis has to be a part of the estate planning process. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, Dan, you said that the SECURE Act, which I talked a lot about and we've done a lot of planning with our clients on over the last year, it came as a surprise. Mm. And that's a nice little segue into our main topic <laughs> is the surprise of Prop 19. And, and Walter, you know how much of a tax hawk I am, and it's another another tax grab by California because they manage our tax dollars so well. So Prop 19 passed in November, and nothing like giving people time to plan. It's effective when? February 16th. February 16th. Wow. Well, so that's great. So you have uh, you know a couple <laughs> weeks to do your planning. Yeah, I have I have a couple clients that this is going to affect. Maybe they're inheriting some property, or maybe they're leaving uh, property to their kids. So, uh, Dan, do us a favor. Tell us what is Prop 19. Sure. So, uh, Prop 19 kind of hit us out of the blue. It's a revenue raising tool. So. Uh, what they have tried to do and what they are going to do is take away one of the, the huge benefits that families have had now for decades in California when they're passing on real estate to the next generation. So the old rules or the current rules that will be changed in a few weeks have allowed parents to pass down property to children and that is excluded from being reassessed for property tax purposes. So the, you know, the classic example of someone bought a house for $100,000 in 1975, and it's now worth 3 million. Uh, you know, that person has been paying property taxes at a rate of, you know, $1,000 a year for the last 50 years. And until Prop 19 came in, they could pass down that $3 million property to their children and the children would carry on paying tax, property tax, at a rate of $1,000 a year. So that's clearly been hugely advantageous to families who own real estate. But that exclusion, that parent-child exclusion, has now been abolished. So there will be a reassessment of property tax unless the child is going to live in the property which which happens relatively rarely in in my experience and even if that was to happen even if the child lives in the property uh, there's now a one million dollar limit uh, in terms of what proportion of the total value of the property will get reassessed uh, meaning the first one million uh, would continue having property taxes paid at the old rate but any amount over that would be reassessed Right. Now, that exclusion, if I understand right, is only for that primary residence and if they live in it. Correct. If they don't or if they're going to turn that primary residence into a you know rental property or VRBO yep. or if you have secondary, uh, if you are, are uh, leaving a existing rental property or vacation property, there are no exclusions. The property taxes will automatically readjust, correct? Correct. Correct. Now, you had mentioned, you know, you had given some some examples of, you know, uh, clients or kids who have inherited property. Is there a grandfathering clause? Like, uh, do is it date of death or date of property being transferred over before February 16th? Is there a grandfather and who is grandfathered if there is a clause? 
So, so really, there is no grandfathering. So, so any transfer, and they do use date of death as the as the transfer date. So, so any transfer that happens after February sixteenth uh, is going to lose the the benefit of the current law, and property taxes will be reassessed. Okay, so if you know the parents or whatnot, if they they pass, unfortunately, uh, let's not make this a planned event. Let's unfortunately pass. On February 15th or, or sooner, then this Prop 19 will not apply to them. Correct. But if they pass February 16th yep. or later, then you're in Prop 19 land. So so we know what, it's, what the impacts are going to have. How would you give some suggestions in, in your practice on what can we do from now until February 16th to plan so so the question that has come up most is you know should we just give our house to our children now because if you gift a property then uh, there's a change of ownership and if there's a change of ownership there's a property tax reassessment and if you get that property tax reassessment done before february 16th then your children are going to retain the current property tax levels so is that an easy solution? Just give the property away now. And that's, that is an option. Uh, but the huge downside of doing that is that your children could end up with a, a massive capital gains tax bill if they sell the property, which they would not have if they were to receive the property by way of inheritance instead of a lifetime gift. Right, right. And, and in that point, you know, using your example, I mean, I personally, if I was to get property and, you know, my parents were leaving a $3 million estate that they put $100,000 into and I'm not paying tax on essentially $2.9 million, yeah. just the tax, you know, from whatever the growth is from day to death. Yeah. I mean, that just might be, you know, a bullet you have to bite there. So in the event, let's say we don't gift and you're, you're talking with your kids because I believe you know, especially with things like these, the communication has to be yes. there. We we have to be, you know, forewarning. In a conversation I had with, with some clients where, you know, this could be a possibility, probably not by February 16th, hopefully not that, that soon, but in the near future, that it may not be bad. And they have no, right, they're, they're not going to rent it out. They just want to sell it. Now, if, if that's the case, then Prop 19 may not be such an issue to you, right? Because you're still getting the step up. Yep. So in your example, the parents die, they leave the $3 million estate to their kids, they get the step up in basis. So the new basis is based on $3 million. Yep. And those kids and the parents talked. And so the kids already had a realtor yep. ready to go. Any, uh, any, any fixes that needed to be done to that property... We're already done, and boom, they you know they put that house on the market, and hot real estate here in, S in Southern California that yep. thing sold, you know, in a couple of days or in a week. They're only going to pay a prorated version of the property taxes based on three million dollars. Yeah, so so they're not interested so much in property taxes because right. they they want to sell. But remember, the property market can tank suddenly. So right. 
if that is you, if that is your situation, then one thing you want to make sure of, make sure that your house is at the very least in a revocable living trust, because then the house can be sold pretty soon. Um, if the house is not in a revocable trust and it passes by will, then the house is going to be stuck in probate for 18 months and you wanted to sell the house immediately, you're going to have to wait 18 months. It could be a completely different market and you're going to be paying these new higher property taxes during that time. Right, right. So, and, and again, I've, I've always preached, listen, no one likes, you know, having to, to, to spend for estate planning or for financial planning, right? But the importance of it is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, let's say you have you know, a $500,000 estate, which, I mean, if we're living in Southern California, any property, you're easily yeah. beyond that. Yeah. The cost of probate can easily cost you in excess of $20,000 just for on, on $500,000, yes. let alone a couple million. Yep. And in this case, it's going to take 18 months to get through the courts. And, and let's not forget, we're still in COVID. So I'm sure that process is even extended out Absolutely. further. Absolutely, yes. Versus spending a couple grand, getting a proper estate plan done, and you might be able to get that property sold and gone in a Weeks. month or so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we have some gifting. Is there any in terms of a trust? Is there anything you would do in terms of a trust outside of gifting that you would recommend? So, so there actually is, and I've been I've been part of a working group here in San Diego that's been frantically trying to come up with a solution to this dilemma um, of having to choose between higher property taxes and paying capital gains. And that there is an irrevocable trust that we can create. We'd have to do it very fast now. We've got a week, two weeks. Um, but there is an irrevocable trust that you can have the best of both worlds. You can maintain the current property tax levels and keep uh, what's known as the step up in basis, the the idea that your kids will not have to pay capital gains tax when they sell the house. Um, and the way the way that works is that we, uh, the owner of the house, so this would be the parents, they create an irrevocable trust, they can be trustees of that trust, they make the children the beneficiaries of the trust. Um, and by doing that, they have done a change of ownership. So the county assessor will recognize that as a change of ownership immediately, but we're going to draft the trust in such a way that uh, the house continues to be treated as being within the owner's estate for tax purposes. And in doing that, the children will have the, the benefit of no capital gains. So it's a complex structure, but it's one that we're putting in place very quickly for people right now. You know, a couple of other solutions and obviously none of this is, you know, to try to do this for a do it yourself. And I think you may you may agree with this is you can try to do some of this for do it yourself to save. You're not going to save time to save some money, but the mistakes can be disastrous. Yes. And, and for the irrevocable trust solution, I'm, I'm not sure where anyone would start because it's uh, it's taken us lawyers you know, putting our heads together over the last month or two to, to come up with the solution. Right. Right. And, and again, I mean, this is, you know, this is something that all of a sudden popped up. Yep. Right. 
you know, last year at this time, we weren't worrying about COVID and we weren't <laughs> worrying about Prop 19. Yes. And in one year, right, the, well, the whole world's been flipped up on its side of its head, but so is this estate planning. But I think a good thing that, you know, and, and you've told me this when, when we were having one of our meetings, mm. and this can go towards, definitely towards Prop 19, but really for anything in the financial planning world or in the estate planning world is that no one size fits all, correct? Agreed. Yeah, including with this irrevocable trust solution, because the other side of this coin is for families that have that could potentially be subject to the federal estate tax. We need to be really careful when we're creating this irrevocable trust, because we don't want to avoid capital gains in the future, but land the family with an estate tax bill because estate tax is typically a higher tax than capital gains. So for families that that's relevant to, we have to be very careful again in how we draft this trust. Right, right. And that's, I mean, that's a great, great point. I mean, estate tax is not even only worse than capital gains, but it's even worse than the worst taxation <laughs> of your retirement accounts. And that's, you know, ordinary income. Yep. You know, a couple other solutions that I've talked with my tax colleagues and tax mastermind groups that, you know, much like you're in, is we can do 1031 sales, which at 1031, let's say you have a rental property here and you want to sell that property and you want to get another property under under the, a 1031 exchange so you're not going to be paying those capital gains. You know, one question that came up to me is, well, I can do a 1031 for my property here in, in Rancho Bernardo and buy one in Poway. No, it's not going to do anything for you. You're really, you're, you're really 1031 option is going to be to buy property out of state. But California is not going to be, not just going to allow that. They're going to come back upon your death and they're going to collect for the capital gains on that. So you have to understand that. And another solution would be an installment sale. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into details with that, but, you know, if you're trying to get creative and, and if if your kids may be looking to rent this property out and they may have these large property taxes, aside from Dan's type of planning, you may want to contact your tax professional and talk to them about 1031 options. Or from what I've kind of read and discussed with other tax experts, the installment sale might be another viable option. Um, so thank you, Dan, on taking your time to come out and, and talk about Prop 19. And one last thing I want to leave with is because you mentioned estate taxes. Yep. And estate taxes are, they, they are the most heinous of, of the taxes that we could leave. Now, right now, estate taxes aren't a big deal unless you have, you know, married couple, what, $22 million in yep. estate, right? Yep. But that can be changed, right? It can be changed, and uh, there are plans in the pipeline to, to change it. So the estate tax exemption amount is scheduled to come down uh, to $5 million per person on January 1st, 2026. And then in the meantime, the Biden tax proposals, one of the, the big features of those is uh, potentially reducing that estate tax exemption to 3 or $3.5 million which would bring obviously many more families here in California into the net of a tax that would be set at 40, 45. They could even set it at 50%. So 
anyone who's potentially going to fall into that kind of bracket, now is as good a time as any to be planning for that. And remember, folks, when we're talking estate, we're talking net worth. We're talking all your properties, including your primary residence. This just isn't investable assets. Yes, it's everything. Right. So, you know, and and the other thing that I've heard discussed, too, is that, you know, President Biden would love to also get rid of the step up in capital gains that would pertain to both property and investment. So, again, you know, you lost that. uh, Your your parents bought that house for one hundred thousand. It's now worth three million. That nice La Jolla, you know, residence. Now you're going to owe the tax on $2.9 million in capital gains. Sure, yes, you're getting $3 million property. That's great, but you're still giving $2.9 million worth of capital gains exposure back to the government. But not only that, let's say your parents owned, you know, a stock, you know, that they purchased for $1,000 and now that stock is worth $100,000 under capital gains, just like with the property if you were to die, you would only owe the capital gains tax from the date of death value till the time you sold it. Now, you know, potentially, I should say now, potentially in the future, what they're looking to is say, hey, you're going to owe the whole capital gain tax that was owed. You know, keep that in mind, folks. This is the goalposts are always moving, right? Yep. So it's in your best interest to have a financial advisor at staying on top of these laws for you. And a qualified estate planning attorney, and, and I will tell you, Dan is is definitely one of the, you know, the qualified ones out there um, that I have confidence in. So, Dan, thank you for taking your time. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you so much for for having me. I'm excited to uh, to partner with you and uh, to yeah be working with someone someone so professional and knowledgeable. So, thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you to both Dan and, as always, John Amarino for great guidance and advice on the program today. I want to give you a couple of ways that you can get in touch with the fellas if you have any questions about something that they touched on and talked about, want to take any action when it comes to putting together a better financial plan, given some of the recent developments that we need to have our eye on, certainly. If you'd like to get in touch with John Amarino, you know the typical number, 858-935-6210 is the number to call. That's 858-935-6210, and you can go online to gosecurus.com. If you'd like to get in touch with Daniel to talk a little bit more about estate planning, wills, and trusts, you can reach out to him by calling 949-409-1383. That's 949-409-1383, or you can go online to drw-law.com. That's drw-law.com, and uh, you'll be able to find out more information about Daniel's practice, and uh, you can certainly also talk to John. He can put you in touch as well if that's easier for you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll have more interviews like this coming up on future editions of the podcast. For John Amarino and Dan Weiner, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast.
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.